0: I would pay probably upwards of 100 quid and watch Eric Cantona walk on stage, put his collar up, say the Seagulls line, and then just stand there for an hour and a half. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Off the ball, this is News Talk. Now, you're very welcome back. So the curtain has come down on yet another international window and we are living in interesting times, I think it's fair to say. We are 34 games and three and a half years into Stephen Kenny's tenure. The direction of travel is harder to decipher than ever. Smattering of boos at halftime last night, but in the main, uh, very full of EVA Stadium and a largely uh, supportive one. Ireland, 3-0 winners against Gibraltar. Nil all at halftime. It is, though, the uh, defeat in Athens, which continues to loom large, I think, to reflect on the last couple of days. Very happy to say we have Gavin Cooney of the 42 here in studio. Hello. How are you? And Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent. Hello, Dan. Greetings. So there is the Stephen Kenny started with the wrong formation inexplicably last night cohort. And there is the credit to Stephen Kenny for the halftime switch. The team kept passing no long ball panic cohort. Hmm. That's the general gist of analysis of Ireland 3, Gibraltar nil. It's certainly hard to, you know, obviously Mikey
1: Johnston changed the game really. Um, I was really surprised that he didn't start. To me it seems rather obvious that against a deep line team and you're going to attack them down the wings, you need someone who can beat a player to open the pitch up and get to the byline and make your crosses from there. So I was surprised that he didn't start. Obviously the 3-5-2 did feel excessively negative. I don't know why you need another body behind the ball against Gibraltar given that they're not going to attack um, but in fairness Stephen Kenny and his staff have been criticising the past for not effectively changing games in the moment like as Friday in Athens being an example so they made the
0: change and they won the game as a result so hard to be overly critical of that It was hard also Dan to escape the sense of how uh, meaningless this game was in so many ways Gibraltar 201st in the world uh, I would say they're the worst team I've ever seen at the Aviva Stadium
2: oh it's a big call it's a big call
0: as I watched uh, Roy Cipollina 40 years of age uh, customs officer most Mm. of the time trying to mark young Evan Ferguson I thought to myself these are the worst physically technically they had zero threat I'll be amazed if they score a goal this campaign they just are I mean 201st uh, is is doing them a, a great service I think
2: yeah they don't they they don't seem to have uh the production line doesn't seem to be purring that that much mm. you know um they uh their their team is getting older it's like the the same names are still pretty much there that were there um in 2019 um and probably there when trap faced them previously and did they uh, build
0: a huge stadium inside themselves with dead or what was their real <laughs> Armageddon?
2: Well I mean it's just the whole purpose of I mean let, let me listen if we want to take a break from the Stephen Kenny debate to discuss Gibraltar's existence <laughs> I, I'd, be, I'd be happy to go there for a little bit of a uh, diversion Ah listen they are, they are bad um, it's funny like the James McLean's moment was denied by uh, Louis Annesley who plays for Dundalk who's like probably, one of, probably the best player on the night one of the defenders who's, uh, who was in England and, and like the fact that he even got to play for Blackburn was like a triumph for them but it's weird like you see Sam Marino getting absolutely Pummel last night as well, and some of these teams. I mean, it's it's uh you know, Andorra actually only lost two one in Israel. Um, who we need for playoff reasons, and we'll come back to that in November. Um, but there is that sense of yeah, like uh, I mean, Gibraltar. Every so often they have this game where they lose narrowly, and they've lost by Ireland to the same scoreline as France, Greece, and and uh, and the Dutch. It's just a constant damage limitation. But you're right. Like I mean, you can analyse the game. I thought it was uh, it's so odd even just listening to us talking here. It's like Stephen Kenny, the man who spent his entire football life playing 4-3-3 with wingers in a situation where he's locked into a formation, um, slow to change from a formation that he never probably previously fancied until he ended up in the biggest job of his life. It's sort of, there's a surreal element to some of the situations that Stephen Kenny has found himself in as Ireland manager that I would imagine years from now or months from now, who knows, he may be looking back and going, how did how did some of that stuff happen? And I think even just even last night, it's like Kenny, you you anti winger merchant, you know, like bring on bring on this winger you recruited because you don't have one, you know. And it's just yeah, it was a, an unnecessary struggle. But there's never never a good way to beat Gibraltar.
0: Yeah, the only logic I suppose you could ascribe to five three two Gav is that Kenny thought to himself, well. There are so few games at this level, mm. let's workshop it at every opportunity. And there has been a real virtue made of working on these systems. You
1: said multiple times that you know we have to be adaptable. We have two systems between which we work, three five two and three four three now exchange the three and the five in that formation uh, depending on who you're playing against um, and obviously they spent ages working in Antalya and even a little bit in Bristol before that and all this work and you know Ireland now have kick-off routines I've never seen an Ireland team with a kick-off routine before um, but it just you know the, the more they work in these plans and, and you know the players have said is like Matt Darty was telling us after the game in Greece like I mean they prepare us so well they give us everything we want but sometimes they don't seem to have the ability to change and don't have that adaptability and there's you know it's a, it's a very cruel thing and I'm not comfortable really criticising Stephen Kenny and his staff are working too hard or, or putting too much focus on on systems and so forth where you know Martin O'Neill used to have 12v12 and 13v13 games to give the lads a run out of mm-hmm. that has absolutely no benefit in an actual match situation so the fact that everything is so detailed and so meticulous with, with Kenny and his staff it's hard to criticise that but maybe I think we've maybe a certain rigidity to that and, and like happily they changed they changed and did the right thing uh, last night
0: mm. didn't do so in Athens uh, we saw the management team really celebrating the goals and you would say excessively under normal circumstances Dan to me it spoke of a group really feeling the pressure and uh, clinging to any good vibes they could
2: yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, look, Stephen Kenny's always had one of these things where you should always celebrate goals. Like, that's what you should do. Like, you know, life So did short. Alex Ferguson, actually. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just a sort of a thing. Like, again, like, all of this is framed through the picture of, 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 of where you are at the moment in time. Mm. You know, like, we're watching the body language of everything because we're drawing significance from it. Like, you reach that point of the Irish, every Irish manager probably reaches that stage where, like, you're, you're analysing everything in the context of, well, what does this mean? It's like, again, yeah, they celebrate the goals and you can have a jab at them. I mean, I I don't know, like, should they have a more funereal tone in response to, you know, solemnly, like, standing on the sideline? It's just, I think that's just the way they do things, you know? It wouldn't be for everyone, but... It's almost, yeah. Well, to tease good. out
0: the point then, how much pressure do you think he's feeling?
2: Oh, I'd say, I'd say a significant amount. Um, but I think this is one of my broader points. I'm not sure if there's been a point in Stephen Kenny's tenure where he hasn't been under pressure. And I think that's probably part of the, the problem, you know, and, and look, there'll be more stuff from Stephen Kenny, you know, in, in tomorrow's papers or, you know, tonight on, online or whatever. Um, you know, to me, like he's always been in this sort of permanent campaign mode. Uh, situation Um, which people can
0: find a touch off putting yeah
2: they can yeah and I think it's I don't think he's ever really got away from that And, and, and look ultimately like inconsistent results are what has prevented him from escaping it you know I think like you look look across Stephen Kenny's career and the places where things have gone well, it's generally where he started well, got everyone around him and, and you plow on from there. Um with the Ireland job like it started so badly and in such a fraught way, um, that I feel like he's always been fighting uh, something mm. or someone um, and every time it feels as though he's maybe stepping away from that to a place where there's a little bit of respite you, you have an Armenia Like I felt like last summer we probably felt like we we're getting to that place then they lose in Armenia bang you're straight back there um, and probably 12 months on okay I think we all knew or anyone realistically knew that this campaign would make or break him right I think that was pretty obvious um, and probably we probably didn't explicitly talk about it last week but you know, did I think after Greece we'd be having a full state of the nation crisis debate I felt yeah probably if Ireland lost we, yeah you probably would um, but the, ex- it was the manner of defeat that has just meant it much worse than before Well that,
0: that is the point isn't it Gav that um, the reason Athens is perhaps a fatal blow to Stephen Kenny or, or there is a sense of beginning of the end or certainly full on crisis talks again is that there have been lots of games where Ireland have been a touch unlucky or there's been a nuance to the result or maybe it's been more down to the players. Whereas in this instance, this one feels very much on management from a tactical point of view. uh, The extent to which Kenny was outmaneuvered is very worrying. And I talked to Dan last week and Dan made the point that Greece are very much a possession-based side and this is a possession-based side at home. And so the real likelihood of a 5-3-2 against a 4-3-3 is what happened and we gifted their fullbacks the game not to uh, go over what's been gone over a lot over the last few days and Will Smallbone's life was generally spent sprinting out to uh, fullback and back in and uh, rinse, wash, repeat and I I do remember when Manchester United played Man City a couple of years ago it was the game where Cancelo had like a billion touches and Gary Neville was on commentary and he was kind of saying, oh, this is tactics 101, you know, if you're not going to have possession. I used to love as a fullback for United when the opposition turned up with this formation because I knew mm. me and Dennis Irwin had the best days of our lives, you know, yeah. the, all the space, all the ball. And so that was one thing, but the the lack of a change until halftime, and this isn't being wise after the event. I tweeted as much 20 minutes into the game. I was texting Damien Delaney, for instance, who was certainly leading the charge against Kenny, but I mean, he was saying they gotta go to at least 4-3-3 matchup and just breathe a moment. Mm. In the end, they went 5-4-1 at time Either way, it was a change. But like, the reality is, Ireland probably should have been 3-4-1 or down at half time. The lack of reaction to just not settle the ship, even if it hadn't worked, but the lack of any change or reaction was so striking so worrying and and from this vantage point now if you're to say do you trust another campaign do you trust however many games forward that inaction just does not bode well yeah the whole thing i think that's why the confidence in kenny has been so severely dented here it's the nature of the inaction on the sideline
1: yeah it's just the first failure on their terms that they've had since they took the job they being stephen kenny and his man and his staff all of the poor performances and defeats previously there's always been a level of mitigation around it there have been COVID cases injuries three games in eight days what time have you to work with the players etc this is when they had an, a completely frictionless uninterrupted build-up lost coleman and ogbene beforehand but no injuries in the camp and um, you know it was pricey camp in Antalya. like everything was laid on for them there were no excuses for not performing and they didn't perform and it was the totality of the failure like, like you say is, is so damaging that Greece didn't do they did a little like their approach was slightly different Matt Darty was saying it after the game that you know Pelikas on the left like he was expecting him to come in field and to go around him and they did that after three or four minutes but then they switched they put Pelikas right on the touchline and then it was just like bring Darty out of position and then we'll create space and Ireland just couldn't react and that that as you say is so damaging that goes back to you know a, a, a lack of in-game a lack of effective in-game management that hurt Ireland even in, the, in that game against Luxembourg at home in 2021 when they were pressing Kieran Clark. Ireland couldn't get the ball out and there was no change made on, until until pretty late. So that was that was so damaging. The, the team was evidently the selection was wrong. Callum O'Dowd was the wrong pick um, at a left wing back. If Ireland weren't going to have much control, which I think. You know, they, they weren't going to have with three midfielders in the team. And I think the uh, rationale behind picking Ida was a way, well, we can go along to Ida. His, he'll hold the ball up and then he'll bring Darty and Smallbone into the game and then they'll get balls into the box for, for Evan Ferguson. But if you're going to if you're gonna not, if you know you're not going to have enough control in the game, Callum O'Dowd is a very risky pick at left wing back. He was just pushed back to a left back and he was, he was torn apart. Probably should have gone before he did. So yeah, that... It was just that, that failure on their terms and it's just too easy after that game for, you know, a, per, a, l- a lengthy build-up of, you know, include Bristol camp, it's more than two, it's on what? It's almost two weeks, exactly two weeks. It's too easy to look at that and say, what the hell are they working on? I mean, did they just go to Harry Ramston's? Like, I mean, unfortunately, and that's very unfair because there was a load of work done, but perhaps the wrong kind of work and it was just that inability to change you know the whole Mike Tyson thing you get everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face Ireland took a few punches and still had
0: the plan which ultimately became a kind of an issue for them and it's Stephen Kenny's misfortune Dan that this happened in that game of all games the pivotal game
2: yeah, no, this was the one. Like we knew in, in where was it? Frankfurt last October, like this was the game. You know, there was the, I mean look, this is the rhythm of, of international management. It is like it's I mean it's it's you're built around your whole reputation is built around one game. Like you had this weird window last year, where I had the Armenian nightmare, but just got to play Scotland, like lost twice, but then got to have Scotland and Ukraine and somehow managed to come out of the break feeling okay about life. But this one was never gonna be that way. You have this solitary window um, and like Ireland's penultimate game uh, sorry I had it last night was this France game where everything was brilliant and the game plan is meticulous and this is great and then 90 minutes later you're, you're redundant you're done you know and that's like that's the gig though that's the gig for every international manager and that's the way it swings very quickly and and um, yeah, I mean, look, everyone knew that the year revolved around Athens. You can try and reframe it now in a different way, and and that's what you have to do. Like all you can, all you can do in that position is try and survive and say, well, you look to the next ones. We look ahead to the next game because that's that's what everyone in football tries to do. Um, and and do do we find ourselves in whatever you know the the first week in September? Talking about France and Holland and thinking, well, if if we can just you know, just do this and just do that, and it, can you reclaim the affection that has been lost? I mean, I suppose those games are ones where if you execute and result in it, you possibly could. But just the belief has been dented, and I think the problem as well. Just to I mean, follow on a little bit from what Gav was saying, like the whole thing about, about Kenny is that his his refusal to ever blame anything on the inadequacies of the players. Like There's that's been pretty much his MO. Like he's I'm not going to speak about the limitations of players. I just, just won't do that. It's probably contributed to the excessive focus um, on management. Then like you you're you know, parts of the game last night. Um, you know, you're watching the first half and, and some of the basic errors from players. It's just like oh my God we've put some players on a pedestal here. Like there would have been an outcry. i I was surprised he played Will Smallbone last week, I have to say. I'm really like surprised on Friday. I didn't expect I thought it would be Jason Knight um, but if he hadn't played small bone there would have been a massive outcry that he's that he's been left out you know because you think someone is ready to and, and then you realise you've watched the two games this this weekend you're thinking oh god no he's probably not quite ready for this responsibility that we're demanding of him and, and this is where you are but if your message is positivity about the players then it's doubly comes back on you and to be fair like the previous defeats Ireland were tactically well set up you could argue and just game management was poor at times maybe in terms of like you know, do, do, how do you turn these draws or defeats into wins um, last Friday was just the worst performance in any big game and that's obviously you don't, you don't even have that out as an excuse
0: I did um, have the thought fair or otherwise and it may be otherwise but I did have the thought nonetheless God Anthony Barry hmm who has spent uh, twice a week every week alongside Thomas Tuchel with this uh, formation give or take troubleshooting all the problems that the best managers in the world throw at you would have seen it all before and what a handy person he would have been to have had there on the sideline to say I don't mean this as disparagingly as it sounds towards Kenny by the way but what does Tuchel do in these kind of situations when this is happening what's a good you know what are our options here where you know that his loss I think and you're judging from the outside so you can't be definite but some of the upturn and some of the downturn you can draw some fairly neat lines to his arrival and his loss. Yeah, well look,
1: I mean, Barry was working at a level of the game that the rest of the Irish coaches are not so obviously that would bring a benefit. That's not to say they're not capable of doing in the future but he was obviously doing it at that time so that is a loss to Ireland. I mean, obviously, you know, you would look at Ireland played three five two after he came in. That was a kind of a system that Tuchel played. You would think, well, it was Barry the brains behind the operation? Stephen Kenny was was very clear with us after he got his contract extension that the formation was his idea. Has been very clear subsequently that you know we thought that Barry is a kind of a set piece. With Stephen Kenny's been very clear uh, that he he runs the set pieces. So you know he's obviously you know have to take. I mean he he was he was the manager then yeah. man and he is now. So he was eager to to make it clear that Barry obviously made an impact. I think the enough of an impact that they wanted him back uh, before ultimately that John O'Shea got the, uh, got the job um, but look I mean it's he is a loss of course he is He's. he's I mean Thomas Tugel moved heaven and earth to bring him to Bayern Munich like he's at a very elite level of the game um, and ultimately at a level that is uh, that is higher than Ireland are at
0: On the because uh, Dan you got the ball rolling on it there the, the Liam Brady the player is the worst I've seen in my lifetime characterisation I, I had the same thought I have to say watching last night I had the same thought for several months now watching this team unfortunately you are what you continually do and this team continually make mistakes on the ball and in isolation with each one it's churlish and silly to read too much into it it's like ah oh, look one of those things that happens but like the weight of evidence is overwhelming he is working with a very limited group of players it's, that is becoming apparent you know and, and so much of the debate pre-Kenny was well is it the manager restricting these players or can these players really play and he's, you know, he has really asked them to play and probably become more pragmatic with each passing year. Like I've definitely heard some people characterize it as if Stephen Kenny and Ireland are still overplaying. I don't think they are as much anymore, not versus what they were doing against the likes of Luxembourg, for instance. But we're still like, yeah, I mean, their, apps, their application is absolutely evident. So you mm. can't be too critical, but they're a very limited group on the ball. They can't get, gain much momentum against
1: any kind of opposition. Well, you are I mean if you're Josh Cullen playing in, on Friday night in Athens and he, he's had a bad couple of games Josh Cullen and he's made mistakes that he hasn't really made before but um, if you're getting the ball in midfield like where do you go with it? Because in Athens on the left Ireland's kind of left side of the attack broke down like there was nothing there if you look at the stats 77% of Ireland's attacks came down the right 3% down the left O'Dowd it was pinned back and kind of obviously his confidence had been shattered Molumby's position was kind of all over the place and um, so you can't go to your left then do you pop the ball into midfield to someone like Malumbi? do you really trust him getting, his, uh, getting the ball with his back to goal and taking on the half turn do you really trust him not to lose it in a very dangerous position probably not no. so then you just go out wide to Doherty who's kind of the main seems to be the main one of the main creators Creative hub. So, yeah, like I mean, there is there is a definite limitation in midfield. Um, I think Brady's comments were a little bit OTT. I think this group of players is still better than the one that you know Mick McCarthy started working with in 2019. I think Kenny's brought through a lot of young players. True. Some of them are Evan Ferguson and Nathan Collins and, and Gavin Bazunu, and are clearly you know international standard players, guys like Malumbi, Knight, these guys who played with them in the 21s, Ida and Parrish, maybe they're not of the level that we hoped that they would be mm. um, as evidenced by, you know, their kind of fitful club form and the fact that they've generally landed in the championship so far. So, yeah, the, the, there, there is an issue with quality definitely in midfield. Like Ireland, will always struggle to dominate games, especially away to Greece, if they can't comfortably get on the ball without risking losing possession. That's kind of why they. I think there was a tactic to go to go long. They went really long for some of that first half uh, in Athens. But like Dan said, like you can't. Unfortunately, you I mean everything. I mean, you'll say it's a results business. It is and it and It's also an emotional business. And what matters is how you feel about the team in this moment and how you feel they will do and uh, in, in, the, in the immediate future. And one of Stephen Kenny's great strengths as Ireland manager was making everybody feel good mm. about the potential of the team and where it could go. And ultimately, that has, been unma- that has been perhaps fatally undermined by the results in Greece. And now, like realistically, were Ireland ever going to get in the top two of this group? No. But realistically, could Ireland have gone into the October, maybe even the November window thinking, you know what, if we, we just need one big performance here, a result elsewhere to go away and we're in, like the fact that that's probably not going to happen now, and um, that hope could be extinguished by September, yeah. like that, that is deadening. And I like part of the reason for making us feel good about the team and where we are is token up the potential of the players. And I'm sh- there is potential within the players, but maybe, maybe perhaps less so than either we had hoped for, and definitely perhaps less than we needed.
2: Yeah, like it's possible. Like you know, you look at, in ten years' time, you might look at somebody starting a level I've played. That that wasn't a bad team in parts. You oh, know, I think I, th- I, I think, th- think that would be the case. Yeah, and I think
0: next man in will send Stephen Kenny a nice letter saying, "I really appreciate I, what you've I, done here, buddy. Thank you."
2: I think well, I think so. Well, I think yes. Um, although I still like, there's still the obvious fear is that you're still struggling to see how far you can go without outstanding midfielders. I still don't think that's going to be an issue. Yeah. I think I think if you break it down, I think the tactical question for a lot of Ireland managers. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe across the last decade, is a like how to compensate without having like outstanding players in that part of the pitch. And if you look at it at various times, yeah. like you know, like Mick McCarthy's response was to bring back Glenn Whelan, who had been retired. He
0: had retired, yeah. You know, um, because against France, by the way, on on, on that point. Yeah. But like Greece, any time they tried to press Ireland in the first half, did so with great success. Yeah. And I think what's probably forgotten a bit about the French performance, having been there, is that that was the definition of a France team out of a World Cup final hungover. They didn't press Ireland once. When
2: when you saw Giroud on the team sheet, you were thinking, you know,
0: this is... Yeah. They didn't press Ireland once that night. They just weren't that interested. It was like, let's just get this over with. I'd say they all got back into the dressing room and they said, we were pretty crap, weren't we? Yeah. They were just lethargic as they would be. They did press us a bit though. uh, We have Pávard pressed and got a goal out of it. uh, There was a bit. I think you're being... Sorry, I think I think you're being a bit bit unfair in Ireland's performance there. I really don't think so. Like, that was more... Irish mistake induced that pressing, I felt. Like, Ireland that night didn't try and play very much. Oh, no, I'd agree with that. Benet up the line was their best route to anything. Like, it was direct. That's what I mean. Kenny's played with a bit more pragmatism than I think he's given credit for. I just think Greece pressing Ireland in Athens was very different to what Ireland got away with against France. It was a bit more... Come on, Killian. Trot over to him, will you? Yeah. I, I, I just don't think Ireland tried to play much football against France and rightly they they went long. Yeah. And
1: I, I kind of think they did the same against Greece, to be quite Did you? Yeah. They, they went long. Particularly between minutes about 30 and 45.
2: Yeah. They went long. Yeah. Like, like Ida, they
1: completely lost.
2: Yeah. And Lugida, like Lugida like like has previously played well for it in that role. Oh, like away in Portugal, two games against Portugal. Ida was very good play, I know his hold up play I like was were, so
0: disappointed with that the other night like he
2: was right in front of us probably the press box he was more the right side almost and there's a number of times he just like took the ball took it out of play yeah. and because
0: and against Portugal that was so it was like wow we have a hold up striker. that's a problem yeah. and
2: and look you know it comes maybe you know he hasn't played a huge amount of football like you look at someone like Michael Obafemi even last night bloody hell like you know he was terrible i i felt in terms of yeah. even just decision making and the contrast with, with 12 months ago when he was in great form coming off the back of a brilliant season you know and okay i don't know like you look at you know, if you have championship players like you're always going to have this issue in June right? you can't really avoid it you see like Wales Northern Ireland bad results last night other teams they probably have a lot of players in the second tier like it's, it's going to be tough but there's no way around it like, you, know, you can't magic players into the yeah. Premier League or magic players into top league so that they're, they're flying into this window in great form you're always going to be a slave to that elements you can't control and this is like the midfield thing you have to find the best way to compensate for your yes. deficiencies so as we and take like, that's
0: a, the issue take a break into part 2 we're saying management not going well lost fate in the players is that the gist of this uh, conversation uh,
1: yeah I mean I'm not I wasn't feeling great about things when I came into the studio I
0: don't, I don't think the mood is improved <laughs>
2: there's
0: too much realism we are meant
2: here. to find a, some kind of positive uh, okay, we're, we're going
0: we're gonna to segue out of this beautifully in part 2 I don't know how we're going to do it but we're going to do it so uh, we're back with Dan McDonnell and Gam Cooney in just one second Off the ball, this is News Talk. You're welcome back, Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent, Gavin Cooney of the 42 here in studio. We had a thoroughly uh, disheartening part one, so uh, (laughs) part two, here we go. I know, I got nothing. (laughs) Um, There are still a lot of good things about what Stephen Kenny has done, and I think, actually, a fair quotient of the Irish public are very fair, and they would without actually a a, a great degree of criticism, they would share the sense that the players are limited in many ways, that Kenny has brought a huge number of them through. So there's a cohort who now have 15, 20 caps under his tutelage, that the football is much better, that the uh, performances are generally much better to watch, um, that he seems like a very decent man, which I know that seems like a strange thing to bring into this, but that is part of it and that I think a large percentage of the Irish public are like okay with that they, mm. they, they kind of sense this is a building phase which has gone on so much longer than any of us wanted like it's gone on for a very long time but maybe it's you know darkest before the dawn and I, I, I don't get the sense that the Irish public are going to harangue him out of office here. I, I really don't. I don't think the Aviva EV will ever turn on him, despite the smattering of booze at half time. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they respect what he's done in Irish football over a very long time. So, like, I know Dan. It's funny. I, I chat to you, and you feel like it's all very toxic. Uh, the the Kenny uh, regime. I, I I don't get the sense in my like world or circle that there is this kind of toxicity.
2: Yeah. Maybe that talk to- like that talk to- when I talk about toxic maybe I'm on about the- like you're you're veering into the media bubble there, right? You know. The culture war. Okay. You know, this big culture war that's been sort of as it's been framed at various yeah. times, you know, and you know, the corrupt media you know here sort of like uh you know sort of propagating on behalf and and like this is this has been there that's where it comes from and like I, I totally take the point of what you're saying and maybe that's why there is that sense of like there's a there's a great discomfort around it being here that a lot of people feel that they don't want it to go to that level to the you know miss piggy dressed at the training ground level you know or, or that that sort of um you know that that horrible that horrible exit. You know, and and you know, there's there's a there's a lot of issues around that. You know, it's it's a delicate thing. Like even how it's been framed at the moment is around. Um, okay, who's going to make decisions here? Is it gonna be is it gonna be Jonathan Hill and Mark Cannum, you know, the CEO and the the sort of the rude Doctor's replacement? And there's, there's even that little undertone of oh, that's the two it's the two English appointments coming in from outside. You know, Jonathan Hill who previously has met a rod for his back by saying he thinks the manager should always be the Irish, didn't he? Or words to that effect, you know, and that whole thing of oh, this is the, the local football man and it's it's just it's there's a delicacy around it that's always lingered there. Mm-hmm. And I think part of people wanting Stephen Kenny to do well I have struck Gary Breen actually said it last week it was like he feels that the Irish manager should always be someone who and it was just his opinion like it's been their dream to do it and, and we've had probably in the last decade at times we've had Irish managers who there's been almost this vibe of being almost indifferent to aspects of it. And that's great with people. So you've someone there who their whole life, their whole identity, their whole existence yeah. has been built around getting to the like to the top of this mountain. And everyone most people wanted it to work. I'm not sure if I'd say everyone. So most people wanted it to work. And um the fact that it, it it's not working, it just it just seems very different to um, the, the classic thing of the the pragmatic manager who comes in, who knows the game in England. You do a job, you get your contract, you get sacked, you get your severance, you move on. Mm. You know, and there's almost a business like this is the game. With it, it there's a lot more emotive aspect to this because this is this is Kenny's. You know, this is his his lifetime ambition, and people don't want it to end in the way that at the moment it's it's trending towards ending
0: mm. where are you and how, Gav how you think the general public are with Kenny at the moment I think there's beginning I
1: think there's an almost a kind of a sad resignation seeping in now like for a lot of I, I, I don't know how much of the support and atmosphere down last night was down to the fact that it was a non-event on the pitch really it was you know nice sunny evening It you can you know you can, you didn 't really have to pay too much attention to the match to know what was happening, and there was obviously a fair little anxiety about it after the first half, but there was a certain mutinous about it, whereas there was almost a, almost like a sense of mutiny about it previously that it was almost like a didactic support among the among the Irish fans where Kenny would be criticised and be back pages on a couple of newspapers talking about it his job was under threat, and then the banner would go up in Kenny we trust in the in the singing section um, in the in the Aviva stadium, and his name would be sung throughout the game no banner last night and the first first we heard of his name was sung by a few kind of diehards around the 86 minutes so there is a sense that everyone wanted it to work and now there is just the Greece game was a tipping point in the collection of evidence as to why it won't work and i think that is quite a sad thing for a lot of irish fans i think because this was you know, like Kenny, I don't think this is too much of a take, but like Kenny, it was 2018 when Kenny got the job, partly got it because he was willed into it by a huge portion of the Irish public. You know, it was a time, like, you know, Brexit was on the front of the papers. Everyone was reassessing Ireland's position in relation to England and Britain. And Stephen Kenny kind of did that for uh, for Irish football. Like he, he brought, he he articulated a lot of the issues in Irish football beneath the surface, and mm. uh, that are now being tackled by the FAI, etc. Like that, that firstly will be a massive legacy that he'll leave to the game. And I think that's kind of a story of self determination. And there was a certain. Uh, esteem that he brought to the Irish job that I think had been introduced by a series of well-paid managers who didn't live here who kind of just wand in and say well look the players aren't great I wish Robbie Keane was five years younger but I'll, ta- I'll take my million quid and not a whole lot more I can do with it the fact that he he wears so much of what's important about the job on him is, is important to people and I think that is what is making this difficult to watch now that there is such clear pressure on him it's also much harder because he lives in Ireland I mean he's the first Ireland manager based here since I don't think Staunton lived here so I think it's, it's Brian Kerr yeah. like that makes things so much more difficult as well and you know like I think I think there's a sadness about it and you know now you can't escape the fact that look maybe there's enough evidence here to suggest that that this isn't going to work that this man who is there's something almost audacious about the fact that he ended up as Ireland manager like like to come from where he did to get into that job under uh, under the FBI's previous management as well is an incredible achievement. That someone will work all their life for their dream job, and that you know then they're exposed as potentially not being good enough for it in the circumstances in in which they're working, is a very tough. Is kind of a tough story to tell to take and uh, you know he's also dealt with a lot of unfair stuff like I mean you know like the video gate stuff back in 2020 to be honest was like really appalling witch hunt stuff Um, and I think people defended him over that but now there's just a sense that there's a resignation about this unfortunately Mm.
0: yeah I think around the video gate time it was very clear that there were forces working against him from within. He said that. He, he, he did say that. And so I think everybody was exercised by that and even further in his corner, whereas yeah. maybe in part, you mentioned the build-up, but the outset of a conversation to this campaign, there's a sense that, well, a lot of that has been smoothed out and that things are being done properly for mm. him. So there are fewer excuses and maybe that's added to the, the sense of, oh, here we are in a level playing field three and a half years in and, and this is where we are. How does this play out, Dan? So short of qualifying this calendar year, which is not going to happen, what does he have to do in the remaining games? Do you think to secure another contract, or is that contract <laughs> not going to be further?
2: I, I like I mean, regardless? I think I think to be fair, I've probably said a lot of times here. Like you know, I think most people would have accepted that Kenny's future rested around qualifying for Euro twenty twenty four or not. So if they'd be, oh, I would have thought
0: so. You know, to give drastically. Um, you know, optimistic slant. Say they were to beat comp Greece with a very good performance in Dublin, yeah. and say they were to lose narrowly in Paris, and say they were to nick a draw away to the Dutch, and maybe even nick a win at home. Now this is I'm pushing the envelope here. We qualified at that, and mm. and somehow still we haven't qualified.
2: Yeah, hang on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but but say lots of good <laughs> things. Were, say lots of good things place. were to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he still didn't finish in the top uh, two. Is The race run is that where you, you suspect the FAI? Well, are?
2: again, I mean, we no one wants to talk playoff permutations here, but it is actually <laughs> it is a factor in it. Like, will Ireland have games next March to get to the Euros? It's possible, yeah. Let's know,
0: let's but, say they do. Do you give well? Those they do, yeah.
2: Well, if your scenario, if the scenario that you paint yeah. has happened, yeah. then they've actually proven they can get results in games against those sides, which means you probably do get that playoff next March have they, then, have they proven that well no well if you're on about have they beaten Greece in Dublin have they in yeah. October yeah and they've got a result in Paris or a result against Holland yeah. I think I think if you let him, if you let it go that far if he takes it that far are, are the current FBI willing to and they might be yeah. are they willing in November to suddenly go well we think we're in a playoff in fact, we now know we're in a playoff yeah. and we're just going to give it to someone completely different for March I mean it'd be ballsy to do that um, and like that's the thing it puts you it puts okay. you out there so like th- that's, th- no, that's I know, a I know I'm, I'm and, not playing ball right. with you No you're right there.
0: well wh- what if it's a bit indifferent two steps forward one step back one all draw of Greece at home where does March feature then?
2: I d- See if it's a one all draw with Greece at home and it's very flat that night I'm not sure if he would Get to March, you know. In in my opinion, potentially so the ice like, is that thin. I, th- I think I think it is thin enough, but it's it's thin enough. Also, as I said, that it can go the other way. That if Ireland have a stirring performance in September and get some kind of result, well, then that probably gets you to October. Then if you be great and and you get to there, mm. like. Again, it's a it's about a roll of the dice. But like Ireland don't know until um, like five days after or four days after their last game with Holland if they're in a the playoff or not.
0: How likely is that playoff now? Uh, it's
2: it's 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 around uh, the, the results didn't go particularly well on Monday night. Um, that can change. It's it's looking like it's still possible, but it's not certain. Uh, definitely, and what's one hundred percent certain is you won't know. And you can't say in October well at least we have that playoff. Ireland won't know. So this is the equation that you can play in Amsterdam. The last game when Ireland play Holland in November people might not be aware of this it's the first game of a double header but Ireland aren't playing on the second day that's our so there'll be games all around Europe we'll be watching for like permutations how, how much fun will that be <laughs> um, but the, the whole point about it is that you won't the FAO won't know definitively whether they have a game in March until then so like that's and, and you know some people would argue the FAI still have a decision to make now like you can see that being, being, being put out there in certain places it's something that could happen now it is in places where Kenny's you know he's had several lives and he's been he's he's, he's about to be killed off the next week and he hasn't been killed off but it, like it is obviously an equation for the FAI to consider um, what in are, the next What are your of weeks. sources telling you about well, the FAI I, mindset I, currently? I, I haven't sort of um, I haven't been given the reason to expect something imminent but I mean I'm not I'm not going to say like that the conviction will be there that I would have had before like I I, I just step back from it and probably look at it try to look at it a little bit more rationally and think you know well you know there's a Women's World Cup around the corner you know there's two tough games in September which to me are like the perfect barometer and I think to me I could see why a decision might be reached after those games you, yeah. you get that chance it's halfway through the campaign yeah. like there's still this sense of you've given someone a contract for a campaign and then after two games or well, three games now, sorry, as it is. I'd be surprised, you know, doing it after five if you're officially out of the running for qualification. I personally can understand that more. I don't know what Gav feels, but that's my thought.
1: My sense is that there's a board meeting next week that is scheduled. It's not like an emergency board meeting that has been called. It's just the standard monthly board meeting. There'll be a review of the international window in there because they do that after every window where Jonathan Hill reports. He'll probably seek the opinion of Mark Cannon, the director of football, when he does that. My sense is that Stephen Kenny will, will survive until September. The only thing the only thing that would change things is all of a sudden if a candidate is waiting in the wings who's um, um, who's available and to step into the role straight away and um, the board believe would improve the team straight away, then maybe Stephen Kenny might be in some bother. I don't see that. I don't know. I don't, I don't see that candidate out there. Obviously, Lee carsey has been linked in the press, but you know there would be a risk attached he's obviously an extremely highly rated coach there's a risk attached to appointing him because he hasn't really been a senior manager very often to caretaker stints at, at Brentford and I think Coventry is with the English under 21s at the moment at the under 21 championships in Georgia and Romania so Mike, obviously the, the ice is thin as as, you're, uh, as as you said his supporters he has supporters of the FAI their support has waned a little bit after hmm. Greece game as it naturally would as anyone watching that with a critical eye or even two open eyes w- w- would have to would have to conclude um, I think there is still a recognition that you know the, the France game was good it was really good and the, the game plan was right um, there there will be conversations as to well how much of the how much accountability should the players burden for not performing yeah. in Greece on Friday the players themselves would say that they should shoulder quite a bit oh, um, re- they really
0: should like you know, I've I've heard Kenny criticized quite a bit for the second goal. Like, in my humble opinion, that's Seems all on basic, the players. Yeah. I think if that group had just met each other as professional footballers an hour before kickoff and conceded that goal, they should still be looking at each other going, Ah, oh, that's that's a yeah. routine set of circumstances. Which is Lenin, it's
1: Lenin. I don't know why Lenin is so yeah, is so I, central. I, I, and I, I Odata is loses. I think at some point Odata actually in trying to track Mazouris actually turns his back on yeah. on
0: the ball. It's it it's, was that's it was, on the players. It was about one Like ninety nine point nine percent, I think. Any manager is entitled to think. oh come on. And it's the most annoyed I've seen him about a concession of a goal. I think. Yeah. yeah. Naturally, now, and I
2: think I think. That, but I mean, I was sort of at this point the weekend. There's just a problem that Kenny's. Like he ultimately is in this situation where, like, if you're a mid-table manager anywhere of any club, like the, the cycle is generally two, three years, and people just get changed because you get to the point where you, you change the players, and he's done that. He's yeah. changed all the players, he's changed the system to some degree, still not working. But well, then people just get eventually get to the point where you just change the manager because that's that's the game. That's just what happens, and it may not always be fair, mm-hmm. um, but there will be a lot of people out there screaming and looking at the results and going, he's you know he's had the most support of of Ireland manager ever. It could be argued, um, even though like it still wouldn't change my view that like there had to be the short term pain. You know, uh, to me the whole thing about the collective record, um, it's just a little, a little bit disingenuous because I think there was a sense of um, the first campaign was going to be difficult. I thought that was always clear enough, um, but it all it all built towards this campaign. And when you have a performance, when you when you're throwing your worst performance in an important game at a point where you're supposed to be peaking, that of course. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, it's it's really, really, really difficult.
0: Yeah, I, I like I'm very torn on it. Like Friday was incredibly damaging, and it, late last year I started to lose a bit of faith in this whole situation that this team just can't get over the line. There's a certain brittleness there that's very worrying, and it's not changing. On the other hand, it it really is worth remembering how grim things were before he arrived, and the team play immeasurably better football. I'm lucky enough to be at all these games, and there's times where you sat through previous. Years and it was like despicable. Like the lack of effort to play football on the manager's part was like a disgrace. It was an insult to everybody there. And the days of, yeah, we drew one all, Shane Duffy scored from a corner. And like the players brought through, I mean, again, next manager in is going to be so grateful. The, the bench under O'Neill for that 5 1 defeat to Denmark of the 11 players on the bench, 33 years old, 32 years old, 36, 32, 34, 31. 35, 27, 27, 25 and young Callum O'Dowd at 22. Mad. Oh, yeah. that That was what he inherited. And it was during COVID. Like it's not his fault that these players are two or three years too young. The, whoever was in at this stage was going to have to be nursing players through. It's very difficult. The style of football is so much better. They are more pragmatic. I think he's like he's, he's, he's been such a kind of... Um, uh, like a dignified voice in Irish football and you've made that point like he's he's, he's brought just a, such a sense of this is my dream job fever to the whole thing fervor to the whole thing I, I hope whatever happens he doesn't deserve to be harangued out of the job none of the nonsense that went on with previous managers should happen if if it ends he should get a round of applause mm. you know because he's tried to do things the right way it hasn't worked out but um, we'd be loath to forget what he had the good things he has brought because before everyone I knew like was sick of watching Ireland everyone Mm. so and things
1: were things were going nowhere like as as according to that to to that age profile and you can say you can you know exculpate Martin O'Neill a little bit because he was just being doing what the FAI asked him to do but someone had to do what Stephen Kenny did like I mean that's the important thing to remember in all of this and look at some stage he will leave as Ireland manager and when that day comes, whoever comes in next is a risk as well. Because the FAI do not have the budget that they have they had they had previously. Yeah. And regardless of who comes in on their budget, there will be a question mark as they as they if they are unproven in any in one or two or many more senses of the game. The same question marks that are were put on Team Kenny when he started and that many are kind of and probably more people are putting on him now after the game against Greece you know there will be doubt about regardless of who comes in yeah. you know so um, yeah sorry that was kind of a random point that, I, no, <laughs> that wasn't really
0: one. going like, anywhere but because it, the, the future is talked about as some kind of guarantee get someone else in for half a million a year what what does that get you in the current market?
2: Yeah that's the difficulty Big um, Sam
0: will do it for three million bucks
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're like this is it I mean and, and look, it's true that. like it's true like that you know the you know that that Kenny doesn't have the copyright on uh, you know playing attractive football and sorry one hundred percent and this yeah. is the thing and and that's go back to this culture war it was often a massively simplistic element on all sides you know and and like even the even now like people are still you know sort of locked into this mode of describing passing backwards all the time when it's patently clear from watching the games they're aren't, aren't doing that as much now oh. and yet it's you still hear it like trotted out like and and um, so like that that doesn't make any. St- any sense, but yeah, there is like how Ireland did things before was crazy. Like, Ireland were, and we I mean, know, and like I wrote about it before, like, how should Ireland have a right to like beat someone like Greece? Like, Ireland had the, one of the highest paid managers in Europe, uh, one of the highest paid CEOs in Europe and uh, in the world, and and, <laughs> and 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 pretty much nothing else. And like, you, you you live by that and you get to the point where it catches up with you, and it is catching up at you now. And um, but clearly, of course, you know, like it that doesn't obviously give you the justification to just give like Stephen Kenny a pass for everything either like you know but but, like there is I think as I said like you can compare with his record to previous managers and it's absolutely right but it's probably important to mention like those managers were being paid at times four times as much with a significantly better one of the assistant managers is more than Kenny yeah so um, we needed to change things and whatever happens now you would imagine going forward I do think with the profile of the F.E.I. now I'd be surprised if they went down that Road again of the the Hollywood appointment. Uh, although I, st- I think I feel like there's some people around, like football in Ireland, who are who who seem to think that that's what we need. You know, it th- seem to think that like it's like the legacy of the charging era that this person coming in, sort of sprinkling magic dust on us, is what we will always need, and that that isn't to me viable over the longer term but it is a tough question like what profile of candidate do you get in are you just going to be that mid-table team Will someone come in you get a bounce then they go in three years and you try something different and you're just basically you know you're like a name a mid-table like you're Crystal Palace basically and that's what you do you just sort you want to exist but you might you know you might have a little bit of luck now and again like Kenny was trying to do something different but maybe he just meets uh, the same fate but I do take your point like you know the the, there's a sort of a dignified element to what he's tried to do. I feel like history will be kinder to them so do I. than the present. I do. And that's why there's a sort of a discomfort in elements of the present, and some of the jibes probably aimed at him, which sort of lean towards people's perceptions about his background, and there's sort of an un- pleasant aspect to it like you're, you know you're, you're, what other managers have, have been described their their performances as shambolic at various times and, and facing those questions like I sort of feel like at times where you're coming uh, from makes you an easier maybe easier target I, I
0: accept that to a point then again I don't think Steve Staunton had respectful Um, treatment either
2: it never it never went I was in most of Steve Saunders press conferences there was stuff around it but I don't think uh, within the press conference environment itself it never went that way no
0: okay well that was just one exchange with Philip Quinn right yeah
2: but I think yeah I think I think there's probably a I think at times Kenny clearly feels there's a certain disrespect based on where he's come from and um, you know what, what other managers you know great players of our past be addressed in a way I don't know I'm not so sure I'm not convinced that's just my opinion could be completely wrong
0: okay we're out of time was that a less depressing part two I'm not sure no better. no I feel again I feel worse okay <laughs> you going to put this out <laughs> uh, yes Gavin Cooney the 42 thank you very much Cheers. Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent we'll be back in uh, cheerier cheerier form again soon off the ball, this is Newstalk.